right, guys. Well, so excited you guys are with us uh, today. Today is week two of our new series called Mastermind. And the whole premise of this series is winning the war in our minds. And I don't know about you, but I know my mind oftentimes is a battlefield. And uh, so we wanted to tackle what uh, we deal with in our minds. So uh, if you have your Bibles or you have your phone or a tablet and you want to go to the Bible app, uh, you can land with me at Philippians chapter 4. And uh, we will get to that scripture uh, here in a minute. But before we do, I uh, made this announcement last week that we're excited to uh, announce that uh, coming up in August uh, 8th, 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th is our Summer Vibes uh, VBS. We're having our first VBS as a church, so we're super excited about that. And uh, this is going to be a great event, uh, and it's going to be on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and it's going to end on Sunday with a family service uh, here at, uh, uh, or in the auditorium. And so if you are uh, wanting to uh, serve at this event, um, you can serve all four days, you can serve one day, you can serve three days, whatever. We're just asking for a little bit more help uh, to be able to serve this event. This is open to the community and our church, so we're expecting to, to, to get uh, quite a few student or kids signed up. And those ages are from three years to fifth grade. So if you've got a three-year-old to a fifth grader, feel free to sign them up, and it's going to be a great time uh, together. Um, and if you want more information, following service, immediately after service, uh, to my left, your right, uh, in this corner over here, we're going to have a quick 10-minute uh, meeting if you want uh, to learn some more info on that. So we're excited about that. As a new church plant, uh, as a church that just launched and we're trying to move into this community, uh, we feel like this is a great event for us just to introduce uh, the gospel to this neighborhood, but also just connect with families and, uh, and kids, so please be in prayer for this event as well, all right? Everybody good? Yeah? Awesome. All right, you guys are awake? You guys got your coffee, donuts? And uh, here we go. So week two, week two of Masterminds. And uh, last week, I told you that the foundation point of this series, uh, we were going to be looking at the Apostle Paul. And the whole premise about the Apostle Paul is most people know uh, that he wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. A lot of our um, theology as a church, a lot of our uh, influence comes from the early church that Paul actually speaks into. So multiple letters without the Bible that he actually speaks into churches. And so we wanted to take a look at some of the, the, the things that he looks at, the things that he stares at, and gives advice to not only us as individuals, but to the church. Reason being is because early on in Paul's life, he actually wasn't even a believer. He actually was on the other side of the table in terms of how he dealt with Christians, and he actually was known for murdering Christians. He was actually known to actually stand by and watch and see how Christians were going to get murdered. And this guy has this radical encounter with Christ. He ends up having this radical encounter with God, and his whole life is turned upside down. I don't know if you've ever been in that environment before, but man, your life just changes so fast. Paul has this encounter with God, and his life changes. And his life changes, but when he starts his Christian walk, he still had a fight in his mind. He even tells us multiple times that you see how he thinks early on in the Gospels and early on in, in the New Testament. You hear him speak, and he says, there's things that I do that I don't want to do, and the very things that I should be doing, I'm not doing. And he finds himself in, these, in this place where he's self-admitting, look, I, I don't have it all together. But the beauty thing is, is that we see years later in Paul's journey, he starts to master the mind, and his thoughts change, and his, and his, and his heart changes, and he, he battled and he fought. When a guy can sit in prison 
locked up and write a letter of encouragement, you know you've won the battle in your mind. So when we look at the gospel and we look at what happens with Paul, we say, okay, we can learn from Paul, and that's what we're doing in this series. And our springboard scripture came out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4. And this is Paul speaking to the local church. He's speaking to the church in Corinth. And he says this, For though we live in the world, right, we do not wage war as the world does. Key point here is there's always a war going on in our hearts, in our minds, spiritually. There's always something going on. And he's saying, look, we're always waging war. The weapons we fight with, though, are not the weapons of the world. He says, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And so we, we looked at this thought last week, and we said, okay, in, in Greek, the word stronghold meant akuroma, which meant a military fortress. And so what Paul speaks to here is that that's the, the power we have in God demolishes those type of things. And so if you think about how the enemy, how the devil speaks to you, the Bible tells us that he is the father of lies. So anytime he speaks, he's lying to you. That's just, it's just a blanket statement. He's, he's always lying to you. There's not going to be one ounce of truth that the enemy ever speaks into you. So in our lives, if we're not careful, we begin to build upon lies. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'll never look that way. My bills will always be this way. That can never happen. This won't happen. And all of a sudden, we start to build our life on lies. And before you know it, we are locked in this fortress, this military fortress, this stronghold of lies. And our life isn't filtered through the view of God's truth, it's actually filtered through our pain, and it's filtered through uh, the, the fortress, it's filtered through those lies. So now we look at God, and we don't look at a loving God, we look at God as we are, and whatever the enemy has lied to you about, that's how you view God. If you cannot love yourself in terms of how you see yourself as a son or a daughter, you can't truly think that God looks at you that way. And so the enemy lies to us from that perspective, and that's what the enemy does. He shapes our thinking one lie at a time. One lie at a time. And before you know it, we walk around and our life does not look anything close to the way that our heart says it should be. And we see hope in somebody. Gosh, I wish I had that hope. We see victory. Gosh, I wish I had that victory. We see a relationship. And we're like, gosh, I wish I had that relationship. We see somebody pray or we hear somebody pray or how they read the Bible or they do this. And, and, and we're lied to so much that we start looking outward for all the answers. And what happens is that we look to the physical for a spiritual problem. And before you know it, if we were to put this in picture form, this is probably the easiest picture I could find. But take a look at this picture. This is how we end up living our life. And it's funny. But at the same time, there's truth to it. The truth is that sometimes this is exactly how our life looks. Somebody lied to that horse and made him believe that he had to be anchored to that chair. That they, he could never move it. He could never, ever move it. And the reality is the chair and what's going on in that horse's mind is the stronghold. That's the lie. And that's what happens in our mind. And before you know it, this is what our life looks like. This is what it looks like. And we can't move, and we don't move, and we don't do anything. 
And, 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 and life happens, right? Life goes by 100 miles an hour, and before you know it, it's like, geez, where did this year go, right? And God wants to interrupt this, that what the enemy has been trying to do to anchor us down and to put us in these fortresses. He wants to destroy the fortresses that are around us, and that's the hope around this series is that we could look at practical things and start to rewire our mind to create these new pathways, Because look what Paul continues to say in that same verse that we were just reading. He goes on to say this. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And look at this. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You see, we have to learn the practical ways that when the enemy speaks lies into our hearts and into our minds, we know how to take it captive. And sometimes I think we overcomplicate it and we get too religious with it and think, oh, well, that's only, pastors only do that or these people only do that or this. No, 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 we all are doing this. We all have the power of God within us. If you are a believer in this room and there was a day that you said, I believe in Jesus Christ, you were given a power about you that you can take those thoughts captive. And the minute you accepted that fact that you were going to be a believer, the enemy showed up and said, now the lies begin. But we have the ability to take these thoughts captive. And I want to share a quick little story with you because sometimes it's just a matter of being rewired. Sometimes it's a matter of creating a new path. We talked about that last week. If I mow mow the lawn and I start walking walking through the, 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 the lawn, eventually where I walk over and over and over again, that grass will die and that'll be the pathway. The enemy brings lies and says, walk that way, walk that way, walk that way. And eventually, that's, it's a default. Somebody says something good to you, you're like, I can't accept that. Somebody casts a vision in your life, oh, no, that's just not me. Pastor says it's from the platform, you can have freedom in your life. No, 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 you, don't, you, you just don't know. Because immediately, we look to the pathway in which we've created. I remember when uh, I first um, got one of my first cars, I got this uh, Toyota Tacoma. It was a 1999 Toyota Tacoma, and I was super fired up about this truck. Saved up all my money, did everything I could to buy it. I buy it, and I put new tires on it, and I do all this kind of stuff to it. And my dad said, hey, because of where your school is, you need to get an alarm and put an alarm on your, on your truck. And put the alarm on your truck because you, need to, you, you just need an alarm. Because the school I was going to at that time, I mean, the truck was going to get stolen. And uh, if you're from Albuquerque or you know New Mexico, it was going to get stolen. And, and, there, and so I told my dad, okay, I'll buy the alarm. And so I get the alarm, and I tell my dad, I don't know how to put this thing, you know, hook it up. It was a pretty complex alarm. So my dad gets this bright idea, okay, cool, I'll help. So I'm like, okay. So I'm just letting him do his thing. So he, I, I, I do a few things. He tells me to do this. I do that. And he starts wiring all this stuff and doing all this stuff. And he closes the door and hits the button, and it beeps, beep, beep. He's like, you're good. So I left it. At school, 7 o'clock in the morning. So I get up to go to school the next day. And I, it was interesting because I usually would get up first and then it would be my dad. Well, my dad was up first. And so he was just sitting there. And I tell him, bye, I get my stuff and I leave. And I start the truck and I go take off and I go out the driveway. And right in front of my parents' house is a turn. And I go to turn and I just hit the brake. And I hit the brake and the, ho- the horn started honking. And I kept going and I hit the brake again and it started honking again. And I kept going, and I hit, the, hit it again, and it started, every time I hit the brake, the horn would go off. 
Well, I was already running late, so I get on the freeway, and I'm passing people just beep, 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 just all the way to school. And I get to school. I'm the only guy in line as we're getting in school, and all, all I'm doing is beep, 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 and everybody's looking at me, and I'm like, I'm just, I, it, was, it was so embarrassing. So I get, to, I get to school, and I call my dad. I'm like, dude, the alarm doesn't work, and he's just cracking up. He's just laughing. And he said, you should have checked it before you left. I said, no, no, you, we beeped it yesterday. What are you talking about? He says, yeah, but you still got to drive the car, dude. And he said, just when you get home, we'll deal with it. And I said, no, you need to come to my school and you need to fix it because my school is 30 minutes away. And he was like, no, you can drive home and we'll fix it. So here I go in the afternoon. I get out of school and I had to wait by my truck until everybody left the parking lot because that was so embarrassing. We get back to, I get back to my, my, my dad's, or back to my parents' house, and uh, later on that evening, my dad comes home, and no joke, he pops the hood, he starts looking at some stuff, and he just pulls this wire off, and he puts it over there, and that was it. That was it. I was like, did you do that on purpose? He was, of course I did. What are you? Because <laughs> that's how my dad is, but here's the moral of that story. It was just wired in the wrong place. Truck ran. It was fine, but the wiring was off. What I'm getting to with the spiritual mindset and how we are spiritually is that sometimes our wires are just crossed. We need to uncross them. And oftentimes the question comes up in faith, well, how do I do that? How do I uncross the wires? Well, you got to create the new pathway. you got to look to your life and look at your rhythms and look at your systems and look at how you're dealing with life on a daily basis and rewire it. And that's our heart today. And I'm going to look at Philippians chapter 4 because I think this is a very key scripture for us in this series. So if you have your Bible or the Bible app, you can go with me to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start with verse uh, 8. And what's interesting about this is that Paul says this again to the local church. He's speaking to a group of believers at the church of Philippi. They're going through a lot of uh, changes. The gospel had kind of have, had, had moved into that place, but they were under a kingship. So they had to break kind of the mindset of what the king had been saying to them and go under the kingship of Christ. And so Paul had to speak into their lives in a different, in a different realm, in a different way. He had to speak to them kind of horizontally, not from like this big religious place. And because their thinking, their wiring was off. Their wiring was a little off. They were still believers. The truck was running right. The truck was okay. It got them from A to B. But it was wired wrong. And so Paul gets to this place in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and he says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. He's kind of wrapping up a statement, and he says, one final thing. Out of everything I've said, here's one final thing. One big thing is he says, fix your thoughts. Reposition, move your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So just think about this for a second. And here's the question. Have you fixed your thoughts on what is true? Have you fixed your thoughts on what is honorable or right or pure? See, that's the, that's the part of the rewiring process. These people knew what God was about. But Paul had to remind them, you need to take your thoughts, and if he needed to redirect their thoughts, that meant their thoughts were easily somewhere else. And that happens to us, which means this, if you don't control what you think, you never control what you do. 
you and I have to control how we think. We have to, we, we do that through best practices, through things that the gospel gives us. If a thought comes into your mind, it comes out of your life. If you think that thought over and over again, it will eventually come out of your life. You think negative all the time, negativity will be what your life looks like. You cannot have a positive life when you have a negative mind. You just can't. And that's a lie of the enemy. Lie of the enemy is you can live a ne- you can have a negative mind, but everything around you can be positive. Nope, it doesn't work that way. Because you can never see the positive in what's in front of you if your mind is negative. And so we have to train our minds. See, it's not just what you do with it, it's what you put in it. So that becomes the other question. What are you putting in your mind? Why do you think the enemy tries to take the gospel from you? Why do you think he tries to take the Bible from you? He tries to take the Bible from you because that's where truth lies. That's where God's wisdom lies. So if it can't be a priority and he lies to you, and this is a lie that he gave me many years ago. One of the lies that the enemy told me that I believed was because I'm not smart enough or I didn't go to theology school, I could never understand the Bible. So don't try, to, don't try it. And I'm one of those guys that I'm paralysis by analysis. So if I, if I start to really analyze everything and I can't do it to the full extent that I want, I won't do it at all. And I found myself trying to walk in this world of Christianity and believing by faith, yet I had no faith to stand on. And so I became in this realm or in this walk of my faith, I became, uh, I guess here's the quick saying is a mile wide and an inch deep. I didn't have any depth. I, didn't, I just didn't have any. And it was a lie from the enemy. It wasn't because I woke up and said, I don't want to know God. It was because the enemy lied and said, you probably won't have the wisdom and the knowledge to learn. And I believed it. So we have to be working on how we're going to rewire our minds and our hearts. And there's a word that God had pressed on me that I started journaling. And I've told you guys this before. I started journaling quite a bit. And it's been a way for me to just meditate on what's going on in my life and what's going on in my heart and my mind. And so I journal as much as I can. I get good thoughts down on paper, bad thoughts. I'm doing a Bible study. I'm writing notes, whatever. I'm prepping for a mess, whatever. I'm constantly trying to write my thoughts down. And I got into this place of meditation. And no, I'm not talking about like Eastern meditation. I don't sit on the floor in a rug with my legs crossed. And, you know, I don't, I don't do that stuff. So don't think meditation. What I'm talking about meditation is I want to give you the view of meditation first so you understand that this is a practice you and I need to have in our life with God's Word because meditation means this. Meditation means it's to engage in mental exercise. It's to focus one's thoughts. That's what meditation means. We look at David in Psalms. David had gone through some very difficult things in his life, and he ends up saying this in Psalm 119. Verses 15 and 16, he says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. There is so much in that. So much. But look what he says. I meditate. I fix my thoughts. I sit here and I don't move until my thoughts start to align with your truth. You want to know another reason why the enemy tries to make us busy? Because we can never sit long enough to focus. And so you and I, there's another Psalm, 143 verse 5 says, I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. 
He sits and he meditates on what God has done. And doesn't the enemy say, why don't you just worry about what you can do? Why don't you worry about what you're capable of? And then he lies and says, yeah, but you're not really capable of that. You ain't going to see that happen. You and I have to create a meditation mentality in our mind. We have to get to this place of, of, of meditating on God's word, on his presence. That's why worship is so important because worship at the beginning of a service like this, the reason we program it the way we do, and I've said this, probably say this a lot, but I'll keep repeating it so you guys understand, is the reason we do worship at the beginning and we position four songs in a row is so we can refocus our minds and the craziness of our lives on the worship of God, putting him back in the right place. When we sing a song that he is our defender, we sing it over and over again so we could believe it, so we can get to a point where, because sometimes you don't believe it in the first verse, sometimes you don't even believe it in the second verse, but eventually you just tell yourself, I ha- I'm going to believe this, I, ha- I got to. Because I have to believe that God kicks down walls in my life to find me. Because the enemy says he doesn't. My life says he doesn't. Reality says he doesn't. And things about that is a battlefield in the mind. So we sing it and we meditate on it and we push through it so we could find that place with God. A mindset is what controls you. The mind is what you control. Sometimes the mindset is just the chair with the horse. You see, but we control our mind. So how do we fix this? How do we get to this place that we can, we can find victory in our mind? And this is going to be one of the most practical things uh, I'm going to share with you. And it comes out of my experience. It comes out of how I'm fighting. It comes out of how I'm dealing with things. It comes out of how I talk with my overseers and my pastors and different people that I talk to. You try to find simple ways to have great victory, simple, simple things to get fixed. And so one of the first things we need to do is we need to be able to write it down. And what I mean by that is you need to write the victory down that's in front of you. You need to be able to take God's word and write the truth of God down. You need to write it, and then you need to think about it. This is where the meditation part comes in. You write it. God loves me. He died on the cross for me. He knows, he he makes me worthy because of what he did on the cross when you feel unworthy. You write it down, you think it, and then you confess it until you believe it. You just got to keep saying it. You have to keep saying it. Because if you don't, the enemy will bring those lies. And we end up becoming a hostage to the lie instead of living in freedom according to what God has been telling us. And we have to do that. We have to make sure that we put ourselves in the position to win. Faith is not easy, but faith is worth it. It is not easy to wreck your entire work week schedule and get up 20 minutes early and get to your office early enough to sit in the parking lot and meditate on what God says about you or to replay that Defender song five times before you start your day. It's not easy, but it's worth it. You want to talk about retraining your mind? Take the environments that you feel the closest to God and replicate them over and duplicate them over and over in your life. You read God's word and there's something exciting about it and you just read it and you're like, okay, that's, that, wow, that's really how he thinks. Let me focus there. You don't need to worry about the whole chapter right away. Worry about the first sentence right away. Just like a dialogue with God. You see, 
Some of you in the room today, I'm going to give you just a practical way. Some of you in the room today, you may be one of those people that lays awake at night and you're a worrier. And you worry a lot. And you think about life and you think about all the craziness of life and yours, you, you think, what am I going to do? And your life, you kind of live in that thought process. If you're like me, there was a season in my life where I fell asleep because it was the, it was the escape for me. I loved sleeping at night because I didn't have to deal with what I was going on in my life. Or I didn't have to deal with the things that were going on in my family that were breaking my heart or just life in general. You see, that's not the way the enemy wants us to live. I mean, that's not the way God wants us to live. That's the way the enemy wants us to live our life. Escape it. Find a different way. But if you're a worrier in this room, I want to give you something that is easy to write down or easy to think about. Because this is what I have to do. And it's this. If you're going to write something down and confess it, and you're a worrier, this is something you should write. Because of Christ, I'm not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling in my mind. You write that down, and every time you start to worry, you repeat it. You write it down, you think about it, and then you confess it until you believe it. If you're a worrier, that's, that's what you hold on to. You see, because at each level of this, it's because of Christ. I am not anxious about anything because he is the one that sustains me and delivers me, right? I cast my cares. I'm a worrier all the time. I need to throw my cares on God because he says he will take them and he will carry them, right? I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling in my mind because he says so. You see, sometimes it's simple. You just got to write it down. You got to think about it and confess it till you believe it. Maybe you're in the room today and you're like, look, I can't make a decision. I'm paralysis by analysis too. I just, there's a big decision I got to make or there's something I got to do and I just don't know what to do and it's causing a lot of headache in my mind. I don't know what to do. This is what yours could look like. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek him and daily he directs my steps. I know his voice, and he leads me to his perfect will. Some of us, we need to write this down, and we need to repeat this every day for the next 10 days until God gives us wisdom. You lay your Bible down in front of you. You put on that Defender song. You put on whatever song that you feel like you can connect with God with, and you sit there, and you repeat this, and you look at his word, and you meditate, and you pray, and you just, it's, it's, it's not religious it's, I need you, God. I can't do this anymore. I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of being tied to the chair. Maybe you're in the room today and you lack confidence. You're one of those people that looks at your life and you just immediately count yourself out. I am not good enough. I can't. I won't. I feel stepped on. I feel this. I feel that. And you walk through life with a lack of confidence. You walk through this, this the, your, your weekly, you walk through it with this lack of confidence and strength. Maybe this is what yours could look like. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone. Because his spirit lives within me, I can do everything he calls me to do. Some of you in the room, this needs to be your confession this week. My confidence is in Christ, not me. And it's only in Christ, in Christ alone. You see, if you, 
when you, when you take these thoughts and you lay them in front of you with God's Word and worship, and you do it every day, you start to rewire your mindset. You start to move from the default of I can't to the default of I will and I can in Christ. You move from a place of it's too difficult for me to I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. If there is an issue in your family and it just tears you apart, you don't look at that and say it's just never going to be fixed. You now have the strength to stand on God's word and say, how shall I help fix it? How, what's my influence into that? How will I love? How will I lead? And that's why we have to be repetitive. That's why we have to write it down. That's why we have to think it. That's why we have to confess it. And as I begin to close today, I wanted to close with just a little bit of time left for you to be able to just take a moment with God today to confess whatever you need to confess. To sing that song a little bit different than you did at the beginning. Because the big overarching question is, how do I rewire my mind? You think on the things of God. You look at Paul and say, I need to refix, I need to reposition my mind and my heart back on God. On the good things, on the pure things, on the things that are holy, on the things that he says I should be thinking about. You see, because the mind is a servant either to your spirit or to your flesh. One or the other. Every day. Every day, that's the fight. Your mind is either going to listen to your flesh or it's going to listen to your spirit. Fill up the spirit, man, and it'll overwhelm the flesh, man. It'll overwhelm the thoughts. You don't move through life in feelings. You move through life in faith. We have to find ourselves doing this. The, the, the how is up to you. I'll give you the blueprint. It's working for me. It's fi- I'm finding these rhythms. I'm find- I, I fight it just as much as you guys do. But here's the thing. You can be stronger today than you were yesterday just by believing that God loves you. You can be wiser today because you choose today to trust God's word and not the feelings or the, the lies that the enemy has put around you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. And then he says, Behold. Check this out. The new has come. Every day, that can be us. Every day, the old me just starts to slip away and behold, the version of me that God wants me to be, I just get closer to. Somebody told me this a long time ago. God doesn't love the future version of you. He doesn't love what you think you need to be in the future. He loves the you right now. The lie of the enemy says, prove it. The lie of the enemy says, when I get there, I'll be accepted. When I improve this, I'll be worthy. I'm here to tell you this morning that you are loved right where you are. If the first step to the next step of stairs that we need to be on is just believing you're loved. 
That's the baseline of the cross. That's the baseline of Christianity. The baseline of what Jesus did on the cross is us first walking into a room like this and looking at our lives and saying, God, I don't feel loved. I don't feel like I can do this anymore. Well, the reality is you can because you're loved where you're at. The reality is tomorrow doesn't have to look like yesterday. The rest of today doesn't even look like this morning. You choose. You write it down. You think about it. And then you confess it until you believe it. You do it in your relationships. You do it with God every day. Rewire your mind. Sometimes it is as simple as pulling one wire and putting it somewhere else. You can do this. And I believe you can. Your relationships will be better for it. Your walk with God will be better for it. The people around you will see it. And there will be days where you're like, I don't even know how I made it through this. And then you'll remember what you have been confessing. You'll remember what God said about you. You will all of a sudden, the rewiring starts to happen. And you're just like, it works. Like, I can do this. Like, I can make it through it. Even though it's difficult, even though it's hard, I can make it through it. Because you're trusting what God says about you. So what I want to do is I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me today. And I tell you guys this at the beginning is that I want you guys to take your time to respond. Take your moment to respond. I want to close with this. In John chapter 14, Jesus speaks something vivid to his disciples. They had been walking with him. They had been serving with him. They had been seeing miracles be done and they had seen all this kind of stuff. And Jesus has this conversation and says, hey guys, I need to really tell you something here. One of you is going to deny me. And it's going to lead me to the cross and I'm going to die. But in three days, I'll, I'll be back. That's so much information. Denial, death, resurrection. But he noticed that his disciples' hearts were troubled. John 14, verse 1. Jesus speaks to his disciples and he says these words. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled, but trust God and me. Simple. The antidote to worry, the antidote to your heart being troubled is first just trusting God. And I know it's hard, but that's the first step. So during this song, I want to ask you just to take a moment and trust God. What do you need to trust Him with? Trust Him with your heart today. Trust Him with your mind. Hit the reset button and believe by faith that today could be the start of something new. Believe by today that God is taking out one wire and He's putting it somewhere else so things can work the way that they need to work. Trust that He's walking up to that chair that you've been tied to and He's unwrapping that knot and cutting you loose and you didn't do have to do anything all you had to do was believe in him all you had to do was trust him because that's the kind of God we serve that's the Jesus that we live for the Jesus that says you don't do nothing except believe and after you believe I'll take care of the rest so during this song find your belief rewire your mind to believe it when you see lyrics repeated repeat them as loud as you can. 
If you see somebody raise their hand, raise your hand in victory that, you know what, I can do this today. I know life is, but you know, I can do this, Jesus. I can do this. I'm going to give it all the very best I can, God. And you know what, tomorrow morning before work, I'm going to do it all over again. And I'm going to do it every day, God, until I see what you see about me and how you rewire my mind. Let God lead you down a different path today. And it starts with you just trusting Him. So during this song, take a moment. It's your call. It's in your, the ball is in your court. Take a moment and just trust. Just trust God. Worship and confess. And let your hearts not be troubled. Just trust God today. Let's take some time to respond.